Hey, everybody, it's Ben from the future here again, dropping in at the top of the episode for a couple reasons. One fun, one eh, not so much. Let's get that one out of the way first. Yeah, I just want to give you a heads up off the top here that the audio is a little bit more echoey than I'd like, but the audio files were corrupted. So it's just this this mix is the only one that's left. It's kind of ironic, right? It's the episode about someone who has a hypersensitivity to sound and I can't actually mix it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually ironic or like Alanis Morissette ironic, but whatever. Uh, and then another thing, if you're listening to this the morning it comes out, which is Monday, March 6th, then there's still time to vote for the ladies. Um, the Ladies is the annual award show that we do every year. All Well, this will be the second time, but still. And we do incorporate a little bit of fan voting. There's a link in the description of the episode, depending on which platform you're using. You should click your right through to the Google Doc, uh, and you can vote there. If you're not listening to it by, you know, midday that Monday, don't even worry about it. Not a big deal. You can still listen to the Lateys episode, which will come out later this week uh, with no loss of enjoyment, even if you don't get to vote personally. It's still going to be a really fun episode. We're all looking forward to it. Those are the two things I wanted you to know up top. That's basically it. Um, Tar, I, I say this in the episode, but for of all the movies I watched this year, I think Tar's the one that has sat with me the most and I keep thinking about and has raised in my estimation over time. And, um, even though from the time I watched it to recording this episode, it went up, up, up my chart. Um, from the time recording this episode, just a couple weeks ago to now it's even higher. So just, you know, you'll hear about it on the ladies, but, uh, we we all really like this movie. <laughs> That's the too long didn't read. But if you want to read the whole thing, or I guess listen, here you go. Back to the past. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the podcast. We're not going to do any of that bullshit. It's Oscar month. <laughs> I told you I was frazzled. Someone should have checked. <laughs> I don't know what button it is. <laughs> I looked down. It's like, there's no way we've been recording for 47 hours. Oh, this, no, it must be the other number. <laughs> there's so many lights on that thing. It looks like it's always on. That's the problem. The, the, the other one should be like green or something. You haven't made this mistake in a long time. It's okay. I, the other times I've made the mistake, it was over an hour into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this this wasn't too bad. We yeah. had only done the intro. And here's the highlights. Welcome to Late to the Movies. <laughs> this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now, even if it's only been out for a couple months, because this month is Oscar month and we're doing current Best Picture nominees, starting with Todd Field's Tar. My guests this week, left to right across your podcast dial. Once again, we got Ray. Hi. We got Greg. Hey. And they're good sports about this kind of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> I had the funniest opener ever before this. It wasn't embarrassingly it, bad. It I'm not going to redo room. it, though. Yeah. It was killer. It just, it was too natural, though. There's no way to really reincorporate it. This is real cutting edge stuff. It was. It was. It wasn't embarrassingly bad. So this is uh, not even a relief. <laughs> It's nice that you got to practice. <laughs> it's nice that we all get a second chance. Um, I appreciate it. That we is already late chances. in the first place. Um, but as Tyra would say, you cannot start without me. Uh, time is the thing, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, you guys been watching anything lately? Lots of Oscar movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know how much to talk about because we are going to do an Oscars episode. That's a good point. Um, That's why I 
manually cut everything out that you said the first time. But without going too far into it, I'll give my opinions on Tar in a bit. Loved everything everywhere all at once. I'm sure we'll talk about that one a lot. We will, yeah. Um, same thing with Banshees. Loved that one. I'm sure we'll talk about that one a lot. Uh, Top Gun was fun, but not super impressed, to be honest. Maybe, I, I guess it was technically nice, but that doesn't show well on the TV and it saved the movie theater. So maybe that's why it's in as a best picture. Elvis was really weird. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll talk about that one a lot. <laughs> a lot of snow jobs in it. I, God, they kept doing snow jobs. <laughs> Tom Hanks really made a lot of decisions in that movie regarding <laughs> his acting. Um, those that you and decisions I, we are two made. sad, lonely children. <laughs> and that guy didn't have that accent. He just talked <laughs> like an American from Pennsylvania. Tom Hanks made a lot of decisions. <laughs> <laughs> At least he wasn't wishy-washy on it. No. No, he committed. <clears throat> yep. Everyone commits in a Baz Luhrmann picture. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. I, I think I like that more than some of our other friends. Um, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I don't like that, t- that type of movie, though. Yeah, I I mean, it didn't blow me away or anything, but I, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Is that like a war joke? I was thinking that. I was <laughs> thinking it, like, away. <laughs> it didn't set me on fire, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you say like, I liked it more than some of her other friends, it was like the French. Yeah. <laughs> they hated it. Oh god. Um, and then real quick for me, in the last 24 hours, I've watched all three Todd Field movies. Uh, they're all good. <laughs> Tar is the third one. We're gonna talk more about that. You spoiled it. Now they know you think it's all good. <laughs> they're all very good. Uh, every Todd Field movie has been nominated for multiple Oscars. They've all gotten screenplay nominations. Uh, I think this for Tar is his first best director now. We, we can't so. listen to a lot of your opinions. So after looking at your letterbox, I checked it out today and I am like thinking, I remember you bury the lead. We should only talk about that. I'm so curious what you think. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking and all I could think of was like, I remember Ben seeing this and being like, wow, this movie is really good. And you said that about so many movies, but there's legit only like five or 10 movies in your top 10. Everything else is below that. I would say there's 10 movies in my top 10. What are I you talking five or about? 10. Yeah. And the rest are all below that. And I remember you telling me the rest of those were really good. I was actually, jokes aside, going to add, and then I was like, they're going to think this is a joke or just really sad. But I was going to say, like, honestly, everything in my top 48 I like. <laughs> Anything below that I thought was bad. But everything 48 and up I thought was pretty good. I honestly was thinking that as I was looking at yours, I was like, Ben liked all these. I did. Like all the way down to at least your like 30-ish. You know, I think, I think and then it gets like, into like, ben, ben said he liked this a lot. The, the last like five or six are like Amsterdam, Thor, Love and Thunder, <laughs> Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Dumbledore is the bottom one. <laughs> yeah, the last one's uh, Dumbledore's secret plan or whatever the fuck it's called um after all this time always no but i definitely got Dumbledore's a, secret gay agenda that was it right i definitely saw one that was like probably like number 40 and i was like how's this number 40 ben was like i remember ben told me he really liked this and i was like oh but he really liked number 39 oh and he liked 38 actually too. And I was like, he liked those just a little bit better. i was like oh i guess i guess it, it you can't have too many of them in the top 10 huh <laughs> oh yeah number 40 was werewolf by night i thought that was fun yeah. 39 was the menu some people really liked that i thought it was pretty good yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah 48's my cutoff 48 you cut off <laughs> yeah the, the bottom eight are bad i haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet but i feel like it must be hard for you to rank things when they're all you you think they're all pretty good 
Was it painful? Um, there's like bands. There's sort of like a hierarchy of like the top whatever ones I like really care about, really resonated with me. And then there's ones that are like, oh, technically good, but left me kind of cold. And there's some that's just like, yeah, this wasn't trying to be anything more than what it was. And it was just a fun time. Mm -hmm. All right. We had so many tar themed transitions in the first time when we thought we were recording, but we weren't. I forgot all of them. Welcome to Lot to the Movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the accent over the A. I like yes. that one. All right, well, we want to dance the mask, so it's time to service the composer. Who wants to give us a one-minute plot summary on Tar? Oh, God. Okay, I can try. This movie is very hard, I feel like, to give a one-minute plot summary for it. I feel like there's a lot of scenes in this or movie. Or it's really easy. <laughs> or it's, you can give a very... I think a broad is better for this one. I feel like there's a lot of scenes, mm. but I feel like the scenes... um like don't do a lot on their own. They like they they really do kind of yeah. All build. It's like you know it's like a like an orchestra. Yeah, all the individual pieces co cohere yeah. together into this larger thing <laughs> that's singing a single voice. Had a big eye roll there. Good, good, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. So our movie starts with uh, Lydia Tarr. She's a famous composer. She's talking about how she's gonna do a live recording of Mahler's Fifth. Oh, and she's like the best. Um, she's doing do an interview. We start seeing like kind of what's going on with this, uh, orchestra. You see her doing like a talk at a school and you start to see that she's kind of almost narcissistic. She's a bit of an ass. You start finding out that there's some skeletons in her closet. There's some people who maybe did her favors to try to get where they are because she's, you know, got a lot of power. Um, it kind of continues this way. She gets some new girl into the orchestra and it seems like she's trying to get her to do sexual favors in order to kind of advance her. It doesn't work very well. Uh, a previous person she apparently abused kills themselves. Now she's being sued. Things kind of start falling apart. Her family life falls apart. She might be going crazy this whole time. She loses the performance. She doesn't get to conduct anymore. So she decides to tackle the actual conductor off the stage. And then she has to move to some third world looking country or something to compose there to lie low for like a PR stunt and uh, her career is ruined. That's tar. That's tar, baby. Um, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I think you did you hit all the points. Yeah, you got it all. There's uh, so much more in there. Yeah. It's so many a little scenes that like really mm -hmm. add into it. And I think so. I didn't this, even talk about the old lady falling out of the wheelchair. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what is this? Yeah. Would you put that in a one minute plot summary? Probably not. No. But you want to talk about it. It's <laughs> weird because I feel like a plot summary doesn't do the movie justice. It's like all the other no. stuff that it is. You know? this, I feel like a lot of this movie is just like the, the feeling. Will it's like, cumulative. Yeah. 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 Trying to decide if she's going crazy or not. Which is interesting. It's a whole vibe. It is. <laughs> Um, and as always, a term very welcome in serious film criticism is uh, vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched this for the second time earlier today. First time I saw it was in theaters. Almost alone. There was one other person in the theater, and I don't know that they liked it as much as I did. Are you sure? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Or was it? Or was it just a you got goosebumps? Was it someone you sexually Auburn, assaulted and they killed themselves? Sort of auburn-haired, twenty-five-year-old female conductor, <laughs> just sort of right off the side of my eye. Line. She did not enjoy this movie. She was <laughs> mad the whole time. She was mad. Anytime I saw her, it was just the back of her head. Weirdly, um, yeah. No, I don't know that this person was. It wasn't someone I knew. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't have any kind of history with this person. Um, I think they were an older lady. Maybe she saw herself in tar. Was it tar? I didn't. I didn't turn around. I should have seen if it was like with the sunglasses and the hat pulled down. Could have been. Was it Lydia Tar undercover? Should have checked. We'll never uh, know now. I didn't know that would spend this much time on the one lady yeah. in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So, what did you think of the movie overall? <laughs> I thought so. What I was going to say was watching it a second time. There's a lot of things that I didn't pick up on on the first watch because the movie sort of takes a while to unfurl and give you a full picture, not only of the different things happening, but just what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean For like sure. a, I don't mean like a message, just like what's going to be the plot of the movie isn't really apparent until about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll say the first half of the movie, we sat through and we were watching, and when we booted this movie up, we had decided we wanted to have a snack at some point. So we're like, oh, we'll find a nice stopping point. <laughs> and it was legit like around that point. Yeah. Pause the movie, and I was like, this movie's been pretty slow so far. I don't know what is happening, but I was not disappointed in the movie because I was like, they're building to something. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but they're giving us a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was And a- I was like, I was very hopeful that there was going to be some a good big payoff for this. Yeah. It was very funny where we decided to stop because up and we, we got to like sit and talk for a minute. And I was like, Greg, I don't know what is happening in this movie. I don't know what the story is. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Like, am I missing something? Like, I feel like I'm dumb. I don't know what's happening. Um, and Greg was like, just give it a chance. You know, it's slow, but I, I think it'll turn around. And then like, as soon as we hit play is when it really started turning around and like, okay, I see yeah. what's happening. One thing that does that's really, I think, clever is it doesn't actually show you Tar conducting an orchestra, I think, until like 45 minutes in or something like that. And that's when she's like in her element and doing what she actually cares about. And it's just like all the other bullshit to her in her mind that she has to deal with before that in the movie. And so you establish like the kind of person she actually is. Before you see what what she thinks of herself and as her best self, probably, mm. um, yeah. But watching it a second time, I highly recommend because it's. I think it played even better for me this time, even though I loved it the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that. Get to like a granular level. The first thing you see is you don't know who somebody's cell phone having like uh, that's like on live having a text conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see five minutes of credits over a black screen. Mm-hmm. I was mad about that. <laughs> yeah, there's some places, I don't know if this is anecdotal or even apocryphal, whatever, that have said, like, uh, you know, people online, like, I work at a theater, and people keep coming out and complaining after a few minutes that they're playing the end of the movie or whatever. I can see that, yeah. That's um, definitely a thing that would happen. As, I was going to say, as someone who worked at a theater. That's definitely a thing that would happen. <laughs> It just makes me think of Coco when they had that like very long frozen like short that they put before it and everyone yeah it was come like out. thirty minutes long right? yeah or something yeah like it was that. it yeah. was like a full yeah it was like thirty minutes and people would come out and be like I don't understand I'm here to see Coco I'm like I know you gotta just you gotta, you gotta put the time in <laughs> we had to put like a sign out that was like we know I'm sorry <laughs> come forty five minutes after the postage start time for uh-huh. Coco um. <laughs> Yeah, you got to just cut Maria Menounos out of there and just be like, okay, 20 minutes before the movie starts, we're putting on Frozen. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So what did you guys think of that? <laughs> the credits in the beginning? Yeah. I turned to Ray and I was like, I hate this movie. I am so <laughs> mad right now. 
Birds of Souls be at the end. Greg was I, They're furious. wasting my goddamn time. I was so mad. I've seen some discussion about the, the credits, but yeah. I don't know if it's... Do we talk about the credits first? I don't know. This is when they come up. I guess it is. What is it putting you in the mindset of as you're watching? Just anger? Just like, you're wasting my fucking time. I verbatim, I think, said they are wasting my fucking time. I, and the theater, obviously, you don't have the uh, option to fast forward. Although. I didn't fast forward, though. I was like, this is how it's fucking meant to be, I guess. <laughs> Whatever, Todd. Yeah. Well, we'll do it your way. <laughs> um, um, yeah, there's one. So a couple things happened to me. One is obviously now and then now that we've all watched the movie. So many times it never really exactly tells you what it's about. But if you see what Tara's talking about, it kind of does. And a lot of times she's saying like, she's what did the composer intend? What was their intentions? So it's like, okay, what is Todd Field's intentions with putting all these credits first Mm -hmm. and really starting backwards? It doesn't start with written and directed by it starts with like acknowledgements and special things and then goes through like songs and all that until it gets up to Ran and directed by Todd Field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, one and then one specific thing I noticed was it does have the credit for the Monster Hunter song that it plays at the end. And I did see that the first time I watched it. It was like, wait, why is there a credit for a Monster Hunter song in this movie? <laughs> that is interesting. And yeah. then I forgot about that two hours later. And then the end started happening. I was like, oh, no, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Um, not to skip to the very, very end and only talk about the, the extreme sides of this, but yeah. What is the discussion you've been seeing about credits at the beginning? Um, well, one of the things that someone pointed out was that this movie could be like told backwards almost like it seems like it's told backwards. Um, because it starts like if you think about it from the end, you know, she's like at the lowest point of her career. Mm. You know, she's like, I don't know, trying to find her way back. Um, she, then she's in her childhood bedroom and then she's, you know, uh, I don't know, like her life's kind of falling apart, but she starts getting putting everything back together. Um, and then it ends with her like talking about her accomplishments and like how she's like on top of the world, basically. So and then it's the credits saying like, you know, so this movie could be played in reverse and it would still tell a story, but a more traditional story of like somebody starting from the bottom and working their way up. Whereas, you know, the, the way it actually is, is just her falling apart. Yeah. Um, And I think there, there's obviously so much of the movie and so much of what Tara, the character is thinking about is about time and basically dictating how time operates as this sort of like, almost godlike figure that they see themselves as. So I feel like that's a fair. Yeah. So that was one of the deeper discussions. Um, And the other thing I've seen people talk about is, um, you know, tar obviously like puts a lot of emphasis on how the conductor is the most important part of the orchestra and putting the credits first is showing like all the, it's giving credit to like the actual orchestra, you know, the people that are actually putting in the, the work. That's Um, kind of funny too. Cause you said it starts with like, the non-traditional part. Yeah. 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 So that's what I pick up from it is a sort of subversion of auteur theory. We keep talking about Todd field. We're not going to mention the first assistant director. That's just how people talk about movies. Um, But that's how I kind of saw it is tar definitely sees herself as, you know, this brand that she's built this brand name. It's her. It's she's the EGOT winner, all this stuff. And then the whole movie is showing you that basically she can't function without 
her assistants, without her partner, without the, the support of the board and all these people that came, you know, before her. That's Anders, I think, is the old guy that she goes to for advice. Um, Elliot, that is funding her whole life, seemingly. Um, yeah, so it's it's just this sort of a delusional thing that she's kind of this monolithic person. She has all of this stuff propping her up. And that's also how people think about filmmakers a lot of times. So I, that's, I feel like that's like a kind of like meta sort of nudge from uh, Todd that that's kind of what he's uh, sort of focused on with this also. Mm. And he hates people who have time. like trouble sitting on their couch for a long time mm-hmm. and he wants to make them sit through credits. So me and the movie got off on the wrong foot, to be totally honest with those credits. I was I was kind of fuming. Which is funny because I guess you didn't hold a grudge. No, I wasn't going to hold a grudge. I, 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 I feel I like to, you are one to hold a grudge against movies, but this one you you were OK with. Um, well, this is an Oscar movie. I want to I, I like to I, I want to give them all a fair shake. And like I said, even when we hit that like halfway mark, I was like, I don't know. They got they put a lot of things in place here. There's a lot of stuff happening there. It's it's been cool, but very slow. I was like, let's see. And it, it pays off. You know what I mean? I feel like you can be slow in your movie as long as you have that payoff. Yeah. Although that is, um, I don't think I mentioned it. I did like this movie a lot. Yeah. Probably in my top three of like the Oscar season so far. Um, but my one criticism I think is that the beginning is a bit slow. Yeah. I, I think it, it helps establish this kind of bizarre tonal, almost dissonance. Um, it's the kind of thing that Tar would say um, <laughs> in that she's being interviewed by a real New Yorker uh, reporter, Adam Gopnik at seemingly at the New Yorker festival. Um, and it's this great, great exposition dump where it's the voiceover of him listing all her accomplishments mm-hmm. while it's montaging her, like picking her collar for her jacket and, um, laying out all the LPs and, you know, her foot and then Nina Haas's foot touching over the Mahler's fifth. You see the back of the head of the girl and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and then Naomi Merlant comes in and she's mouthing the words. It's like, oh, okay, this is just like either she wrote the Wikipedia page or this is just talking points that Adam Gopnik's saying that she wrote or whatever. And so it's, it's all this stuff that's in there. It's really dense. It's so dense. Yeah. Um, but it's not fast. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And that sequence goes on for a long time. There's some great lines in there, but it's like a long time. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a really, I think, big strength of this movie is how long some of these scenes are allowed to play out. Um, but yeah, if you're just like, so what is this movie about, please? And it's like 15 minutes in and they're still just like. Chat. You know. Yeah, I think that was a tough the thing part about too. time. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. use a lot of music jargon too, and um, you know, yeah. if you don't know in like really deep music jargon. So like, if I, you're I think not that, familiar with it, it's hard to like pick out what's important. I think it does cut that down after, but the first like two scenes ish, right? Which are like the, the New Yorker beginning. scene, and then it's it's her like chatting with um the guy like over dinner, right? Elliot. Yeah. Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Strong with an American accent. Yes. Um, and, and crazy hair. He's usually an, a bald guy and he's British. Yes. So. <laughs> that's another one where uh, it's a bit of a longer conversation. There's a lot of music jargon in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Because that's what they start talking she, she about. She gives him the breadcrumb of just have him bow freely. Yes. Um, um, he just wants to see that that performance score. Yes. Yes. And I like that that comes back because like it, it doesn't for a long time, but he wants her like performance score. Uh, that would, yeah. And then they also mentioned, but only very, very briefly. And I don't know if they ever like it comes back, but that sh- that's where they talk about. Um, they run like a uh, like a nonprofit kind of thing for. Yes. They, they never say this is the accordion. It helps young women and place yes. them at orchestras around the world of import. It never says that. You just kind of eventually were like, oh, that's what they were talking about yes. an hour yes. later. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think a rewatch would be. Yeah, beneficial. well, that, that was my experience of like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I know, I know what they're talking about this time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I caught it the first time that they were talking about some kind of like nonprofit for girls or something like that. Yes. And at the time, it doesn't seem weird because you don't know that she's like abusing no. women. But <laughs> and that's also the first time anyone mentions Krista, where oh yeah, where she's where she's like, you know, I mean, we're placing everyone, and he's like, well, not everyone. She's like, oh yeah, well that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, and right, yeah. And the first time you watch that, that's only like scene two or three. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't really mean shit to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, have you guys seen Naomi Merlot in anything before? She is the assistant Francesca. She looked very familiar. She looked familiar, but so I, I can't feel like think I her. must have. So she starred in, and I'm when I <laughs> when I say star, obviously, is an accent over the A. Um, she <laughs> she starred a few years ago in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, you loved that one, right? I did love that one. So I was really excited. I think going into this movie, even me, I didn't know she was in it. So when she pops up in that oh. opening montage, I was like, oh, fuck. That must have been a nice surprise That person's awesome. It was a nice <laughs> surprise. Uh, as we're recording this, earlier today, she won a Cesar Award. Cesar, I don't know how the French pronounce it. but accent it's like over the A? Yeah, Cesar. Probably. <laughs> the accent's over the E. Sazer. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> she got abused in this movie, not by Tar, but the same way that Kate Blanchett just abused all the actors because it's just unfair what she does in this movie. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> she's dunking. Um, she's, she's doing 360s windmills crazy. through the legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, Naomi Merlant earlier today won a Cesar Award for best supporting actress in a movie that is not out in America yet called The Innocent. Hmm. Uh, Stay tuned. I think it comes out later this year. Anyway, she's great. Watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. She's good in this. Um, I'm just trying to think of stuff that happens towards the beginning. But yeah, anyway, so she meets up with Elliot. Then she starts her jet setting stuff. She's through that one tunnel in New York a lot of times. Uh, She's back in Berlin. Back, back, and back and forth. Anyway, yeah, Berlin looks cool. Yeah, yeah, they That's go, they, they go there pretty early. When, uh, when do they? Um, I, like, I like their apartment. It's very like poured concrete. Mm-hmm. I guess I did not. <laughs> yes, it's. It very doesn't seem concrete. very cozy. Seems very German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like not quite brutalist. I don't know. I'm not an architect, but yeah. it's pretty uh, cold looking. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's these two like super kind of posh. Mm-hmm. career-oriented women with this kid. And you're just like, oh, man. Early on when Nina Haas, who plays her partner, Sharon, is like, man, I, we like it was really hard on her last year in lockdown. She was just locked up with us. And you're like, yeah, that must suck for yeah. a small <laughs> child. 
I don't think you guys seem all that fun. No, and that, that apartment not is not very child friendly. It does apartment. not look no. like a place a child should live. It yeah. is only corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is only like concrete and corners. Yeah, they have a couple rugs, I guess, and they have that really awesome, um, like natural sun lamp thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not I don't actually like those lamps, but I just mean like it's a cool effect to have, like that that lighting and the color palette of whatever. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, it's a good movie and that's all I have to say. <laughs> um, she ends up at the school pretty quick, right? Yeah. I forgot watching it the second time. I forgot how early she goes to the school. Basically she comes back and Sharon tells her it's Sharon, right? The partner's name. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. that's and Sharon right. tells her like, Oh, she's got, you know, bruises again. Hopefully it's just football, but. Probably she's being bullied. Oh, I meant she goes, uh, Targos to like the, the college. Sorry. Oh, oh yes. That's yeah. before Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good job. We're back. Yeah. Speaking of Berlin, before I forget, uh, the Berlin now, I don't know, festival Todd Fields there. It happened earlier this week there. He made a sequel to tar. Um, but he only showed it at this festival in Berlin and will never show it again to anyone. Apparently. Cool. Okay. I hope it's good. I don't know. I can't. I, I can't say I've seen every Todd Field movie now. It's really fucked up. That's an odd choice. Yeah, people online are pretty upset with Todd. Anyway, yeah, the Juilliard scenes before that. How could we forget the the uh, cut out of context and widely shared on social media among conservatives scene that takes place at Juilliard. So wait, you're talking in real life that happened? Yes. That's weird. That's a thing that happened in real life online. People not understanding. It's funny because it's also cut and taken off. Right. Like that in happened the in the movie, but then it happened yes. in real life. Like how does that mistake happen? Oh, they have no sense of irony on that side of things, I guess. I guess. Um, but yeah, basically because uh, here's a, you know, a person in their 50s destroying liberal snowflakes uh, with her words, making them cry or whatever. They they love that shit. But uh, they're, of course, missing the purpose of that scene in the movie. <laughs> Apparently. I, I, I like the scene a lot, even though it's kind of very unpleasant. Yeah, scene of the year, maybe. Mm. Um, um, did that kid's leg bother anyone else? It bothered Tar. I, I, it bothered her. It bothered me, though. Uh, I noticed this, some, somebody mentioned that like a lot of people around her have nervous tics. Yeah, mm-hmm. between the knee, between Sebastian and his stupid pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, their fridge that makes that noise every night. <laughs> and her hypersensitivity to sound being, in, you know, uh, manifesting itself in a few different ways. But mostly as the, this soundscape of like pet peeves and annoyances that just, you know. They just keep building up and pushing her over the edge and eventually tackling that guy with the weird hair. Um, but yeah, did you guys pick up that this scene is a one It's all one shot. I Not didn't. until I, you said it. Yeah, and It made after. sense after, yeah. I can like picture the scene yeah. after mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, this is one. Mm-hmm. Makes me really want to see like the behind the scenes for the camera choreography. Where the people are like running and like diving under stuff. and Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always really funny when you see them. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, the camera's moving. Around. You see every corner of this room. They're up on stage. They're down mm-hmm. there. They go up this into like the lecture seats. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, but then the actual content of this scene. Yeah, she has she gets in. She gets into it with a 
BIPOC pansexual. Um, I can't remember his full identity thing, but it's about like identity politics and, you know. Yeah. So if you want to dance the mask, you have to service the composer, etc. <laughs> I really like this scene because uh, I'm it, sorry, you're in the Robbie chair. So that's why I'm staring right at you. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like this one a lot because it's another one of those like building block kind of things where she's, you know, giving her feel about how you have to separate the music from the person and you got to enjoy the music, even if the person was a bad person kind of thing. Oh, and so like, good. they haven't shown us yet that that's her, you know, that she's right. the bad person, mm. you know, it's funny. Cause yeah, all of these uh, like establishing scenes, like they don't really mean anything until you figure out who she is way later on. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. it takes a long time for you to realize that she's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So when she's like, oh, you still got to try his music and, and credit how great his music is, even if he's a bad person. And then it means so much more later when you're like, you're the bad person. You want everyone to make sure, you know, you're, yeah, this, this is you you're talking about. Yeah. Um. It's the same thing, like, when she goes to the school to threaten the, the bully. Yes. You know, it's like a little girl and she's saying, like, I'm bigger than you. No one's ever going to believe that I, like, yeah. I said these things yeah. to you. And it's just his power. Yeah. And her enjoying wielding it in a way that's really unseemly. Um, and yes, it's all these little things that build up and then you're eventually like, Oh, of course that's how she just operates in all corners of her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, including like with people's careers and livelihood. I think the other thing I like is this. I think this scene is what fakes me out, faked me out later. It's because she's so hard on this person, about like not judging people based on like who they are or whatnot. And then, Later, when she sees Olga in that restroom and then has to d- do the scorecard and realizes, you know, it's her during this like blind scoring thing, I assume she's knocking her points off because I was like, oh, this is, she just said, like, don't judge these people by who they are. And then she saw this girl and now she doesn't like her. So that I feel like is what made me think, you know what I mean? That mm. she was minusing points rather than being like, oh, this, this chick's hot. Cause yeah. at mm-hmm. that point we don't know that she's like abusing anyone either. Right. I don't know. All the things just like they keep getting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They do keep getting you. Um, that seems, yeah, that seems great. So we know Pat at least is very much on Tar's side in this argument. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the right place to be. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the thing is, is that she's not entirely wrong. She's just being an asshole <laughs> and just flexing because she can on someone who can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of the scene. It doesn't matter. And it's not enough for her. She's like, there's no point in which she can be satisfied with winning an argument. Like, clearly, the dude does not want to argue with her about it and is basically like, it's, he's not talking back to her during this whole thing. She just keeps going and going because she enjoys the power. Mm-hmm. She enjoys the power enough where I legit 85% of this movie is just Kate Blanchett, like just talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this is where we can really, I mean, we've already said it, but holy shit, Kate Blanchett's amazing in this movie. Oh, <laughs> She's so, so good. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beta, you into him? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, she has so many lines in this that I forget like a few of the things that people pull out and she says like rapid fire three times in a row. When the kid leaves, the architect of your soul appears to be social media. If you want to dance the mask, you have to service the composer. Um, 
You got to supplement yourself, your ego and your identity. You must in fact stand in front of the public and God and obliterate yourself. There's no, that's all one continuous thing that she does as she's walking down the stairs. Like, Mm -hmm. and that is, uh, you know, there's a lot that's subtle about the movie, but like, if you see that on the page, you're like, wow, that can be really hammy. Yeah. I mean, entire Monte Cristo ham and cheese, but she like sells everything. Yeah, it's everything. so good. I yeah. think because like, you get that this person would talk like that because they're just sort yes. of like you find out later in the movie, they're constantly pretending to be something that they're not naturally like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, this person would talk like that. Mm-hmm. I really like the way she just moves too, in general, God, especially yeah. when she's like conducting and stuff like. Yeah, a yeah. lot of movement, a lot of movement. Yeah, this movie is just her doing stuff yep. like yep. you know she carries the whole thing there's a lot of scenes yeah. that are just her like walking around it's looking it's nervous <laughs> yeah it's just her walking around sometimes playing accordion <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no you're totally right though there's a lot of her alone too because she has that mm-hmm. other apartment that she goes to yeah her bank pad her bank pad yeah, yeah. <laughs> where she gives private lessons her and wife such. is fine with that you know? She doesn't seem to be. No, <laughs> nope. I don't know. It's just a thing that you just, I mean, this I is Tar. I guess Tar just walks all over people, so it doesn't matter if she's okay with it or not, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably When more she introduces us to the bang pad, we don't know it's a bang pad yet, and she says she needs it to, like, practice in silence kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, oh. It's where she goes to work. Yeah. Or whatever. One thing that I haven't really looked into, but there's a lot of uh, portraits and paintings and stuff on the wall. And there's one of her and it appears to be like an older person behind her. And there's like smoker and it's like a black and white photo. And then I think it's the old guy that's in her nightmare sequence later in the movie. That's like nowhere else in the movie. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's just something that I made a note of in my mind. It was like, that's weird. I don't know what you're trying to tell me, Doc. <laughs> huh. He probably answers that in Tar 2. <laughs> yeah. Tar 2, the revenge. Yeah, well, it's called the fundraiser, in fact, um, and I will never see it, apparently. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're totally right. After The Juilliard thing comes before. Um, and then another thing that I only picked up on the second time, when she goes back to the hotel room in New York, I know we were already talking about Berlin, but this happens before that too. Uh, Naomi Merlant's like, oh, you're getting lunch with your brother? And she's like, no, next time. And like, oh, I did not pick up on that oh, the first time. Nope, yeah. Yeah, she just says, next trip. Um, so yeah, they mentioned that she has a brother that early in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Which probably would have colors and stuff too. She's like, where's that brother at? Hmm. And then, yeah, Berlin. Also, oh God, I'm sorry. On the way to the airport... Um, Francesca mentions there's another weird email from Krista. I was going to mm-hmm. say they mentioned the emails from Krista pretty early. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And Tar just like shrugs it off. And it's on the plane where she gets the book challenge and sees it has that pattern on it. Uh, that pattern that comes up a few times in the movie. Yeah. I when I when that happened in the movie and she like throws the book away or rips a page out, I, was, I had no idea what was happening. I was like, oh, no, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what this is about yeah. <laughs> and then the pattern is like you rearrange the letters based on that pattern or something. That happens a few times. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that part I still wasn't really clear on. I'd have to rewatch it to I'm still not <laughs> it's it's a thing. I know it's somehow related to like the 
like the tribal people she's talking about in the beginning. Oh, and with yeah. like the, the, they only receive the Ikuru in person if they're on the same side of the spirit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Once again, this is a way that person would talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things mm-hmm. this person would, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Kind of thing this person would say. But yeah, let's talk about um, her going up to that little girl, introducing herself as Petra's father and telling her she's going to get her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my. So when I saw that, like, once again, you don't, this is when it's like first kind of showing, you know, she like, she was an ass to the kid at Juilliard, but like, like, uh, okay. You know, that wasn't cool, but you know, she's the main character. You give her a little benefit of the doubt, you know, maybe she, she's really passionate about the music, you know? Okay. Then she comes to this kid. Now she's threatening this kid. And I was like, Ooh, this is really not cool. I was like, but you know, this kid's bullying her kid. So I was like, at the same time, I was like, I mean, this is not the appropriate way to do this, but like, I, I guess I kind of understand what she's doing here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I do like this because they, first of all, it's wicked funny. And I think, yeah, I was going to say, we it thought it was pretty funny. funny when we watched it. We laughed. Yeah, I laughed. It's yeah. a funny movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, And they're just like really slow rolling, like who Tar is. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not quite giving you enough because there's too much, too many variables. You know what I mean? Like, oh, our kids are getting bullied. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's not like she's just bullying some kid for no reason. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, once you get more information on her, you start looking at that stuff in a different light, and it's like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, all this is is it makes sense now, but it's not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's really it's such a cool. good scene. So, I mean, that's that's how I feel about a lot of this movie. I think it's shot the best of the year. I'll be very sad if it doesn't win cinematography. It's just incredible, and every scene is just like, yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Even on the first time watch, you're like, I don't know what this means or how this relates <laughs> to anything else. But wow, that was really well done. <laughs> you get a lot of feelings about things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> just the way that things are. I think you had said like this could have very easily been a horror movie with just changing a couple of stuff. Yeah. And um, it was kind of marketed as like a sort of, you know, dark thriller, but it's not a thriller. It's certainly. not. Yeah, it's weird. You just get weird feelings from the way that <laughs> things are shot as you're watching this. And you're like, I don't really know what's happening, but I definitely feel uncomfortable. I'm not sure why. Like, this is definitely unpleasant. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's definitely cinematography has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, after that scene is the auditions. We already talked about, she saw the shoes and then she changes the score. Yes. Um, because she thinks Olga's hot. Now you, when you saw you, did you think she was tanking Olga's score? I definitely thought I was like, Oh, she, she fucked that girl. Um, no, I thought she saw her in the bathroom, thought she was attractive. And then, noticed it was her and then changed the score to be higher. Oh, I see, couldn't tell what was happening in that bathroom scene. I, I wasn't I, sure. I, wasn't, like, what her I know she just saw was. her. Yeah, but I didn't. My thought was like, she's there's something she did not like about her. When That's she saw how I, th- I felt, mm. too. Yeah, Um, because they're not. They You're don't still give giving you a entire benefit of the doubt at that. Point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, because I was like, she saw this girl and was like, I don't like this girl based on how she looks and I'm going to tank her chances. That's not well, really better. That's, it's, that's not any better. Yeah, it's the it, lesser of two evils compared right. to I was already they were talking about the weird emails and she was just like, oh, whatever. This person's obsessed with me. The other way is predatory. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yes. I was taking yeah. it's like, oh, she's just trying to just like get this kid in there again. Yeah. She's trying to replace again with mm-hmm. another new person. Um, Olga's cool. We, we don't have to talk about Olga yet because she's not really a character for a little while yet. Mm-hmm. No, um, there's a couple of scenes in between when she actually sits in the chair with the cello. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's really not until like they get lunch that she has a real, you know, yeah. impact on the proceedings. Mm-hmm. And that's about halfway through the movie. So it's still a ways off. Um, okay. Yeah. Some things happen now. <laughs> the audition happens. Then she has lunch with Anders. Um, who's the old guy. They oh. talk, they talk about some stuff. Um, and then this is just for your benefit in case you forget the order of things happen. I kind of have. She goes to the old apartment. This is the first time you see a ghost. There's a woman standing in the background. I did not see any of the ghosts. Yeah, but you know, I noticed them this time because I didn't notice them watching it for the first time live. But then on Twitter, people were uploading, you know, these imager albums of here's a couple different parts where there is a female figure seemingly probably representing Krista because they have, you know, the kind of red hair that just sort of in the background that you don't notice. And it's a shot here in the old apartment where Tar is walking um, towards a bookcase. And in the background, you see this. It, it, the first time Creepy. She, it's so creepy. It's funny because even without noticing the ghost, these scenes are kind of creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing is it's all in there. Even if you don't notice it, it just is It's just something unsettling. Mm-hmm. The scene after this is where she goes into the park and hears screaming um, while she's say, jogging. I was going to say, did in the apartment, does she hear noises already the first time? I think so. She's it's playing the, the, yeah, she's playing the piano and this mm-hmm. is where she starts hearing that siren. The like, Yes. Siren that she did like obsesses over at this point, like the middle hour of the movie. Yes. I thought she was either going crazy or like something was getting fucked up with her hearing. Cause like at this point I thought I was like, I think this movie is going to be about her fall. So I was like, Oh, maybe she's going to lose her hearing or something. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. or she was going crazy. I, I had no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, the next scene is her jogging in the park and she hears the screaming that, we don't know if it happens or not. Do you know where they sampled that screaming from? Ooh. No. Me? Yeah. No, it's, it's me. I, it was my screams. Oh, okay. Uh, it's from a movie that you guys both talked about on this podcast. Unless that's a joke I saw online that seemed to have proof, but I will I will double check and edit this out if it's before. What this. is it? Blair Witch Project. It's uh, Heather at the end when she sees the guy standing in the corner. Oh, oh I really want to know if that's true. It sounds correct. Like, I saw a video of the side-by-side. That's awesome. But that can be edited also. But I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. It would kind of make sense for this movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think because she's she, it's Heather in Blair Witch screaming, and I think she says it's like Mike, right, is the guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this time I was listening for it and she just, the voice does say, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh. And screaming. It's, it's Heather from Blair Witch. That's funny. Or that's just sort of a really good joke with a lot of layers to it that somebody put online and I fell for. That's fine too. And you know what? I'm not going to check. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Be confident. I'm just going to believe it and be happy about it. it. The world's a more magical place if that's correct. Yeah. You know. So this scene is one, honestly, I forgot about. Which one? The herd in the park. It's pretty early in the movie. It's pretty early, and you still don't quite know what's happening in this movie or what it's about. Mm -hmm. And by the time you do, the scene is no longer relevant. (laughs) Yes. Well, sure, yeah. Just just sort of to her mind state of this kind of paranoia almost. Yeah, paranoia. Because I feel like they really 
lay on that like hey what if she's like i really think there's like a plot there where you're supposed to think she might be crazy or something or yeah, having some sure. kind of mental breakdown i thought Absolutely. it was going to end up there. being because like right before that they showed her like playing the the notes of the alarm going off you know so i was like oh they're showing like her um you know talent of like recognizing pitch and like her surroundings so i thought that it was going to be like when she heard the screaming, she was going to be inspired by like the pitch of the screams and like create some kind of composition. And I was like, Oh, this is messed up. <laughs> so I'm glad that it didn't go that way. <laughs> no, she's just kind of like terrified by everything. Yeah. It's that thing that like, after you watch a scary movie and every sound is like terrifying to you. Mm-hmm. But if you weren't in that headspace, it wouldn't, it would just be normal. She's just sort of in that headspace for yeah. most of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then she's back in the apartment. She does the thing where she's playing a melody. And then it, as it's resolving onto the last note, there's this, there's an awesome cut to, it's the low angle shot up at her while she's conducting. She's got her arms like that. And she's like throwing her shit around. And so it's just her on the piano. And then it resolves with a huge sound from the orchestra. Great cut. Good job, Todd, or whoever did the editing. <laughs> Um, it's funnier just it's all, it's all Todd. Todd's a fun name to punctuate sentences with. That's the problem here. Mm. Todd um, is, is basically the God of this movie. Yeah. Todd God. And this is the first time you see her doing actual conducting. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not, there's not like a lot of buildup. It's just boom, here it is. And you can see, she's just like, it's, it's just such a powerful thing from below. And it's it the cool. image they use on a lot of the posters and stuff of from below with her head back and she's got her arms out wide. Yeah. Then she tells Knit that she's going to rotate Sebastian. He's the first person oh. she tells. Does He's in the orchestra, but also on the board. Yes. I guess that's how these things work. <laughs> Did Olga show up in that scene when she's conducting? Is that when we first see that she's been added to the orchestra? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Pretty sure not yet. That makes sense. We, I think we might see the orchestra once without her. Yeah. And it's just boom, and it's bang, and it's cool. And she's telling, like, you got to really hit it. And you see that she does the thing where she switches mid-sentence between German and in English. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything. I kind of don't think it does. I, I think, think it's just cool. Mm-hmm. I think this is where I realized her wife was in the orchestra. I don't think I realized that at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's the first violin yeah, or whatever. First violin, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that gets their hand shook at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, that's a cool scene. She, uh, Nina Haas actually had to learn how to play violin for this. Oh, really? I was thinking, I was like, well, how many of these people had to or learn? Or either she already learned, but they're, that's them playing instruments in there. Hmm. That's Kate Blanchett doing the conducting, obviously. That's, we were wondering about that. Yeah, I was yeah. asking. I was like, well, is this all like real instruments? I think the the woman who plays Olga just is a cellist. Okay. First, and then they put her in this movie. That would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the, the Armageddon strategy? <laughs> Where you find the... <laughs> yeah, the it's so, it's, so, it's <laughs> so much easier to teach <laughs> drill people to be astronauts <laughs> than to teach astronauts to, to drill. drill. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, then, uh, yeah, listen to the Ben Affleck commentary for Armageddon in case you, if you haven't already. <laughs> Very funny. Did Does not have a high opinion of that film or Michael Bay. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and then the next scene is when Francesca tells her that Krista died. Oh yeah. 
And she's like, delete. Yeah, you're right. There's like a lot of things that like, okay, I don't know if any of this matters. I wouldn't put it in a one minute summary the first time I watch it. But there's a lot of things. But we're not even like halfway through the movie yet. And, no, and this know, stuff is like, it, it is like important. <laughs> it, 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 it's every, very important. <laughs> every scene only does a little bit. That's what it is. They all lift just yeah. a little bit of weight. And I think we're doing a good job like in analyzing as we're going, I just going, and then this happens and it was cool. But that's how I feel watching it. <laughs> yeah, because because you can't analyze like any of these scenes until you have the information from the, those future scenes. Yeah, you need the big picture. You need the big picture. You need they're, everything. They're giving you little tiny pieces. And like as you get them, you're like, this doesn't do anything for me, but I think it's going to be important. I'm going to put it away for now. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I'm never going to have that experience of seeing it for the first time again. It's one mm-hmm. of those movies. Um, it was interesting to put it together the it first time. Plays really well second time. Too. Yeah, um, I mean the second time now yeah. you have the big picture, so you can yeah. like, look for those things. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that it wasn't even that I didn't understand it. It's that I didn't commit it to memory because I didn't know it was important. Like the thing about her not seeing her brother that first time mm-hmm. in New York. That's like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. You know. And the first time I watched it, I didn't realize she had a brother until two minute, two hours and 10 minutes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, we already kind of have established that Tara's the bad guy. And when she's like, delete the emails, you're like, oh, shit. Not only is she the bad guy, but she fucking killed this lady. <laughs> and not only that, she doesn't understand how emails work. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> so you have to delete those emails. And Francesca's like, okay, sure. <laughs> She doesn't even do it, which no. is funny. Yes. But she, she could she just be like, okay, listen, it's not how emails work. Well, Francesca those are, those knows, are out right? Because Francesca was in the same boat. Yeah, Francesca's a millennial, so she knows. Well, I mean, Francesca was also abused by her. Oh, uh, I thought you meant she knows how email works, but yeah, yeah she was also. <laughs> yes. She has also. It's, so she knows that Krista would have been abused by. She has a key to her apartment mm-hmm. um, in this scene. When now Merlant's like, oh, I just need to be held. And Tar's like, this isn't the place for that. Mm-hmm. Implying like, we both know where the place is for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, so Francesca <laughs> knows like Tar abused this lady and then got her killed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So I think she probably doesn't want to delete the emails because she doesn't suck. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Was, was, was pause. You think she had her killed or you think she's the reason that she. She's the reason she. Okay. Died. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, just like, wait a minute. No, I I don't think she hired someone. (laughs) She has a blue key that she's holding, I noticed. (laughs) And she's haunted by these two old people. Oh, man. (laughs) She's blonde from Australia, the actual actress. This is a sequel to Mulholland Drive. She definitely (laughs) abused this person, and then on top of it, just absolutely destroyed their career. It sounds like she made sure they could not work anywhere. So it's definitely her. Like, she killed this lady. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that, that's when you get the montage of all the different like snippets of emails. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Where she's like, when you realize how bad it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dear Dudamilch, this person sucks. Signed Tar. Um, that's <laughs> thirty more times. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's good. Yeah, because you just realize, oh, this person has never faced consequences for this behavior, but clearly, like. With this lady, it broke bad. You don't know exactly why. They never tell you why. But maybe she pushed back in a way that Tar was not appreciative of or whatever. But um, yeah, Nomi Merlant is put up with this and like stays in the pocket because she's in line, she thinks, 
everyone else thinks to be taking over for Sebastian. Yes. And that's kind of part of the drama of what happens next and how Francesca ultimately leaves when she doesn't get the job. Why doesn't Tar give her the job? Is it because she knows everybody's on to her? Yeah. And thinks yes. it. Okay. Yeah. Because, it Sebastian because Sebastian says, like, accuses her of yes. that. He exactly. says, like, you're going to replace me with this person and everybody knows it. Like, we know what's going on. We know what you do, I think yeah. is what he says. Yes. Yeah. And so she was had to, like, try to cover yeah, her, her tracks. Force. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, she knows Francesca's going to be fucking, you know what I mean? But I guess she probably was just like, you know, she thinks she's this all-powerful figure. Yeah. What can Francesca do about it? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what happens next is Sebastian accuses her in that. He's not in a lot of the movie, that guy, but he's really good when he is in there as mm-hmm. this guy that's like, I feel like so many actors do such a great job of presenting a full character <laughs> in just like a few snippets of screen time. Like, you get exactly the kind of guy that Mark Strong's character is, Elliot. Mm -hmm. Like, he's this rich guy. He's not actually that good. If he didn't have money, he wouldn't have the opportunity to guest conduct as much as he does, obviously. Um, And Sebastian's just kind of like, he's he's fine. He, -hmm. like, you know, mechanically knows what to do, but he doesn't have, like, much soul that he puts into it. Or Mm -hmm. skill. Or panache, I guess. And he keeps clicking that pen. (laughs) It's good. <laughs> I think they had said that somebody else has nervous tics. Was it Francesca or I don't know. There was a couple. They, they said a couple of people that surround her. Yeah. All have like these like anxious kind of tendencies. She has to hold her daughter's foot. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite a nervous tick, but it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. That's why she doesn't have friends. I can see why she's bullied. I pull here. There's a scene right after that where she tells Francesca, my computer stopped working. Let me use yours. Also, go get me some matcha. Yes. (laughs) And this genius plan to find out whether or not she deleted the emails actually kind of works, I guess. Mm. Just from a standpoint of now she knows she didn't delete the emails. Asks her to make a short list of people to replace Sebastian. This is where shit's really falling apart. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is where she's backed into a corner and she's getting real crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I'm super paranoid now. And Francesca's like, oh, well, oh, we forgot. We should have canceled that lunch with the cellist because she hasn't been accepted yet. Dar's like, no, I'll go. She has lunch with Olga. This is a great scene. Mm-hmm. I can't totally remember this scene, but she tries to tell Olga to order a certain thing, right? Yes. Cucumber salad. Yep. And Olga just doesn't do it. Right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do it. She eats with her hands, you know, it's Olga. Olga is really the tipping point for her, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. When she gets yeah. her in and is, realizes like she cannot abuse this person. Mm-hmm. She tries to. She tries, she tries real hard. And Olga just is not about All it. All her normal things just aren't working. Yeah, Olga, you don't know if she's like interested or just like kind of being nice, but she is sort of doing like the girlish, like she's waving to her when she gets out of the car and stuff. And she's got the teddy bear. That's weird. Adult, you know. That's yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, maybe. She, and then you're like, oh, no, no, she doesn't. When stuff breaks in the news, she's just like, oh, yeah, Olga's got no time for Lydia. Mm-hmm. I assumed that Olga was like purposely playing Tar, like she, to get ahead. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's, you know, no one, no one can say that Tar doesn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, like she knew like Tar's MO basically and was just like easy to get her to fall for it. There's there's a couple great moments that are like really funny when she's describing the the activists and we all go put flowers on her grave every March 8th. And she's like, yeah. oh, is that her birthday? Like, oh, it's International Women's <laughs> Day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tyra wouldn't know that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, she's starting, she's trying to shift away from Francesca onto Olga, basically. Uh, here's more sounds when she's trying to sleep. Creepy. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Every time. Then she introduces the idea of doing the cello companion piece. Yeah. That scene's great. I love that. Yeah, that every scene in front of the whole orchestra is already great. But that's the one where like her wife is like staring her down. Everyone's like, everyone knows exactly what is happening. Yeah. She's yeah. they're doing like the Mexican standoff, three people kind of looking at each other, where mm-hmm. Nina Haas is like looking at Lydia Tar, then looking over at Olga. And they're like, is this really happening? Like, does, yeah, does like, come on. Just hard and think none of us know what's happening right now. <laughs> Happens every time. And yeah, then she just becomes less and less convincing as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the way this is one of those things that I feel like would be so hard to pull off as an actor, but Kate Blanchett does a great job of like, she does a thing that the character tar believes she's pulling off, making it seem spontaneous mm-hmm. that she's directing this over to the new girl. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's it's just it's just try hard enough that you know everyone in the orchestra realizes what's happening yep. and is not buying what she's doing. It's, yep. Yes, her acting's so good in this. I because that is like there's such a fine line to to pull that off. Yeah, she's going like, mm, well, you know, we've all been so far away from each other because of COVID. We should have it be an internal soloist, and everyone's like, yeah, good idea. And she's like. And you already have so much on your plate <laughs> with everything else with the baller five. Like maybe uh, let's have auditions. She's like, uh, and I think the cellist response is like, I uh, technically have no problems with that. Yeah, I technically <laughs> have no problem with that. Like there's no way I can find to express that I have an issue with that. So I suppose I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I like that no one auditions besides the one person that doesn't like that lady plus the other one. Mm -hmm. And then that whole scene is like, well, of course she plays that piece well because they only had seemingly a couple days to rehearse a really complicated piece. And one of them already knew it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And then the same thing where tar is like, Oh, well we said it would be someone from inside the sectional. So then she's like, Oh, well we'll just throw it away then. And they're like, oh, no, well, she's good. And Tara's like, oh, well, if it's your choice, then I guess we'll go with her. Yep. <laughs> just completely like not accepting responsibility. And everyone's mm-hmm. just like, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's falling apart at this point because it's, yes. it's presumed that she's this is her normal behavior and she normally gets away with it. And she is just not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in between them suggesting the auditions for the solo and the actual auditions, is when Britta comes to talk to her, who seems to work for the board or represent their like PR wing or whatever, and tells her. And then it's the same thing that Kate Blanchett's doing again, mm-hmm. where she's like, this person died. And she's like, oh, really? I ha- I'm hearing of that for the first time now. <laughs> yeah. um, and also there's been some accusations and there'll be going to be a deposition. And we're hearing about that. Um, 
talks to Anders again. And the reason I wanted to point that out is because they never come out and say that he was doing the same thing and that she learned it from him and from all the other men that have been in this industry doing the power imbalance, pressuring people into sexual favors thing. But when she brings it up to him, uh, yeah, has anyone ever, you know, did you ever have a member of your orchestras or a pupil, like think too much of something and his immediate reaction is like, Oh, they missed their chance. I'm out of the game. You're like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting response. Anders. <laughs> you could have said no. <laughs> <laughs> no would have been totally fine there. Not. They missed their chance. <laughs> After the solo editions, when she kind of breaks the news to Francesca, and I think that's the last time we see her. There's still about, like, I don't know if it's quite an hour, but there's still a lot of movie left. Mm. Last time we see Francesca, I mean. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. When she yeah. Her presence is felt, but, and then she's also, like, in one of the weird kind of distorted dream sequences, but actually in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love when she's being told that it's not going to be her. And it's a conversation between her and Kate Blanchett, but they just hold on Naomi Merlant's face. Um, that's cool. I don't know. And you see mm-hmm. her like go from excitement when she starts the conversation because she thinks she's going to tell her she got it to just kind of like dejection to then just sort of like immediate just sort of bitterness and mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to nail this lady to the fucking wall. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she begins her little, uh, you know, she makes some moves off screen, apparently. But we don't know that yet. Yeah. Petra's hiding from the nanny. <laughs> she has her animals arranged in a like an orchestra. Yes. She's also and then like with Play-Doh, she made one of those designs also. Because that uh, design keeps coming back. It the one thing that stuck out to me about Tara's character is that she does really like the daughter, Petra. Yeah, it's Loves as Nina Haas tells her it's her only non-transactional relationship. Yeah, really, and they make it's like you before they make that comment to you already. It's very established. You're very yes. they they do a really good job showing like she loves this daughter. Yeah, we we missed the metronome sequence earlier, but whatever that happens, her it's pretty standalone sequence, but it's cool. Yeah, a lot uh, of sequences where she's just just like kind of nightmarish, sort of floaty. Is this happening? Is she just like? Mm-hmm half asleep at 3 a.m. and picturing this in her head. You don't know. Oh, okay. They do a rehearsal with the full orchestra and uh, with the soloist Olga doing the piece. And there's this great shot that has Nina Haas and Olga in it. I don't know the actress's name, so I should probably say Sharon and Olga in it while Tar's conducting the solo. And there's... It's the it's the eye line thing and the eye contact and they have to be looking at her because she's conducting. But it's also you see the kind of interplay there, and uh, you feel bad for Sharon because mm-hmm. Tar's the worst. Um, <laughs> but it's just such a cool shot. I don't know. It's good. You it's do good feel stuff. bad for Sharon. Mm-hmm. You feel so bad for Sharon. She looks very defeated. She she does a, a good job in this one. Yeah. And this is where Francesca isn't around. Well. She's getting like pre-interviewed by her lawyers or the board's lawyers. You don't really know, I guess, specifically. And that's when she's told there's going to be a deposition that she has to go to New York for, which is news to her. She goes to Francesca's apartment. After she's told she's quit, she finds another one of those designs on the manuscript for her book, Tar on Tar. And it's rearranged the letters to be rat on rat. Funny. Yes. Good Mm -hmm. one, Francesca. I love that Francesca is just Mm -hmm. fucking gone. 
She cuts, yeah, she cuts and runs, dude. She's done mm-hmm. over it. Mm-hmm. She makes a couple of other moves all entirely off screen, though. Mm-hmm. Though she is part of a pretty good dream nightmare sequence where she, being Tar, sees these kind of like weird in the black room images, potentially intimate images of alternately Nina Haas and Francesca and Olga all sort of like this weird broken mirror effect. And then it's the shot of the bed in this like jungle pond with like a water snake going to it. And then you slowly start to notice that there's like tars on fire on the bed. And then there's a great match cut where she wakes up. And uh, yeah, I think that's when, yeah, the rest of this is basically a waking nightmare for tar. Cause she wakes up from that. And that's when the old lady's falling out of her chair. <laughs> yes. What'd you guys think of that scene? Weird, right? So weird. Yeah, very unsettling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So weird. I liked it a lot because all, like we've only seen the neighbor the one time where they came asking if Tar stole their newspaper, which I am sad there was no scene of Tar reading the newspaper later. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like the pills when she gets back to Berlin for the first time early in the movie. Yeah, where she like is like, hey, you got any more Sharon's pills in the car to the plane? And then when she gets back, Sharon's like, I can't find my pills. I'm dying. Yeah, she's like, oh shit. And she's like, I found them. They were yeah. where you left them. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and she thinks the Same neighbor's thing. gonna yell at her again, and then she's running to get the the lady and pick her up. Like, oh. And it was so unpleasant. It's too. really unpleasant. Yeah. And that's when you find out the the tone that she'd been obsessing over was that alarm, that alert. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Her like medical alert. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she could never find She kept trying to find it. Yeah. Yes. She could never find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that alarm won't go off anymore. Mm-hmm. We find out uh, shortly after this that that lady died. Yep. Yes. But like like I said, this is all a waking nightmare now because this is when Olga comes back. They don't show them rehearse or anything this time. Uh, so it's up to your imagination what happens in the apartment. But then she drops her off in the car. She leaves her teddy bear behind. Goes into the like the fucking ghost mansion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this abandoned like building. She's running around the basement. She's thinking something's chasing her. I can't quite remember, but like she looks behind her and it looks like there's something there, like a dog or there's a dog. It is there is a dog, yeah, and she like books it. Like, yes. This thing's gonna murder her. It's not even clear if this thing's actually chasing her. It's a pretty long sequence. Even before she sees the dog, she it's she's in this like tunnel of yes. a of a garden level apartment building, I guess. And it's there's like just standing water, and there you hear the dripping sound, and she keeps hearing like footsteps and water running back and forth in the hallway behind her. And she's like turning around, not seeing anything. And it, it happens a bunch of times, mm-hmm. which is just straight up like Scooby-Doo stuff. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of a big dog, there's one at the end of the yeah. hallway. It yeah. doesn't seem like it's chasing her, but she's just like, I got to get out of here. And she's not good at stairs. Nope. Nope. That face Takes plant. Takes And the, the noise, the sound effect Ugh. of her face hitting the ground is so good. It's a yeah, good job by the stunt person whoever did it cuz if you if you know to watch for it you like oh it this is coming. You watch it. that person like stiff as a board, right? <laughs> They're not breaking their fall. I don't know how they did it. Ugh. Um and then yeah, it cuts to her slamming the uh rolling pin on top of the ice. Yes. And immediately she's chosen to lie about what happened. Yep. 
immediately. She could just say she fell down. That's embarrassing. Is it? She's perfect. Yeah. She doesn't she make mistakes like, like falling, I, tripping on stairs. I attacked. I was attacked, but was victorious in the battle. They didn't steal anything from me, and you should see the other guy. It's yeah. basically what she says. Yeah. Yes. Instead, when she got scared and she fell, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I guess also she doesn't want to be like, yeah, I was trying to find Olga's apartment yeah. to her wife, sure, her partner. I don't know if they're actually married. If they were say, um, then. Amelia decides to lie about that night is when she is awoken by Petra calling for her. And there's another ghost sitting near the foot of her bed. That seems to again, be someone like Krista. Um, I don't think this is like comedic or anything, but it is funny in a non haha sense that when eventually the newspaper article about Krista's uh, suicide comes out, the photo they use, you also can't see her face. Mm hmm. Oh, because her, her hair is like blocking yeah, it, I which is that. like the only yeah. way you see her. So, yeah, I like that. They never have a specific person representing that. It's always sort of, yeah, these different people can be that too tar. Anyway. Yeah. There's just straight up ghosts in this movie. I like that. That's yeah. such a cool vibe. That's it's so yeah. cool. And it's, I didn't notice them the first time, but like, you it, still, it's, it's something you really it's still creepy. It's like something's wrong here and it's, oh, something's there's actual ghosts. And I guess that's how you would feel if there were real ghosts, right? You would like, something's wrong here. I don't know what. <laughs> something's wrong here. Yeah. The fact that they're just sitting there while she's sleeping. Ugh. Get out of here, ghost. Yeah, but everything's falling apart now. It's falling apart. They're back at the rehearsal. Sebastian gives a bad note about balance. She's talking to Olga. She gives her a bear bag, and Olga's like, thanks for the bear. This is the last time we're talking. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they still go to New York after that, but they don't really talk. Um she calls the piece that she's been working on for Petra or at least dedicates it to Petra, which is a callback maybe to how Mahler's fifth is for Alma. She talks about that a lot at the beginning in talking about intention and talking about love and like what love meant to them at that exact moment. And I guess you're supposed to think about that and why she would call that piece for Petra. They pronounce it Petra. My, my, my bad. I didn't mean to. Call Petra the wrong name. I keep thinking Petra in my head too. So yeah. I do too. That's when she gets the texts being like, check out this TikTok. It's fucking lit. And it's uh, of her. Hmm. Yeah. Being like, if you want to masturbate and grabbing the guy's leg. Yep. Talking about you are a Jewish corruption of uh, Negro music or whatever. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Love it. She gets called in for a meeting with the board's people their pr flex and lawyers and also canute his function again i do not know how orchestras function at an organizational level <laughs> no Knut's, idea canute's consulted but doesn't seem to have a lot of power but he's in every meeting i guess we should have had martha on this episode right <laughs> <laughs> i like when she goes to the meeting she's like this is obviously a hatchet job this is edited like crazy and like yeah, no, we wouldn't have called you in if it was only about that. <laughs> yeah, you killed that other lady, though. <laughs> yeah, this one's more serious. What? And then she's, and then, <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she looks at it. She's like, that's ah, the post, though. No one cares. It's just a rag. They're like, yeah, okay. We'll see. You're going to make it for the fundraising event. She's like, Fuck no. I'm not going to that shit. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Uh, I got things to do. She has her book launch in New York and also her deposition. I love 
when she sees Olga leave the hotel room in New York. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Around then's when the performance score goes missing. I do like that Olga's like doesn't even look up from her phone, like, oh, I'm jet lagged. See you later. Mm-hmm. And then she got she's yep, she got a free trip to New York. She's going out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. She sees Olga leave. That's when she knows too, like I have no con- like I I don't have Olga. Like mm-hmm. there is an interesting moment at her book events. That I'm wondering if maybe I'm just looking at this wrong. She sees that Olga is standing in the back of the room and like talking to other young people, clearly probably making plans for later. Mm-hmm. Then there's another shot of someone on live on their phone texting with someone else that seems to be from a seated position in the chairs in the audience. Um, who's that? <laughs> No idea. Watching it this time, I'm like, maybe this is the person that Naomi Merlant was texting with earlier when she was the one like living her on the phone. Um, because you never know who she's talking to. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing maybe that person was in New York and went to this book event just to like, you know, maybe Francesca asked her like, yeah, my former boss who I hate is doing this event. Can you go and like live stream because I want to just like dunk on her. Um, I don't know. That's just a, that's just one of those things. It's like, that's a really cool thing to have in your movie. I don't mm-hmm. know who that person is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Don't know if they ever say, I mean, the implication there, Tara's just been a jackass to a lot of young women probably. And a lot of people are onto her. And now this is like comeuppance and they're all just like, it's that thing when the comeuppance comes and everyone wants to get in on it. Yep. Yeah. I love that. There's the angry mob waiting for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. What is she actually? Is there a back entrance or something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out there's not. There's mm-hmm. she sees that video that someone posted like Tar's fresh meat of her and Olga. You see they had to like push through the crowd to get in. I as soon as I saw, I was like, how dumb are you to bring Olga to this? <laughs> She's very dumb. But Sharon asked her the same question when she gets back to Berlin. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you do that? She's like, I needed someone to carry my bags. My back hurts. <laughs> Who was I gonna get? Yeah. Uh, it's so funny because at the very beginning, you know, it seems like she's got all of her shit together and then she falls apart. It's just, well, I don't even think she falls apart. I think it was just the whole time. It was just obvious to everybody except for her. Yes. Yeah. She thinks she looks like she has her shit together. Everyone realizes she doesn't, but it's like this thing that, you know, if you want to look at it kind of cynically, the brand of tar is paying a lot of people's bills and, once it became no longer profitable for them, that's when they cut, that's when they like cut ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But until then they all, there's this huge apparatus propping her up. She definitely doesn't deserve it, but they're all getting, you know, a lot of, they're all getting pretty rich off of it mm-hmm. from Elliot on down, even Petra, but not, well, not Petra. This is the conversation where Nina Haas tells her that all of her relationships are transactional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just a great line. What a mean thing to say to someone. She doesn't, especially when it's true. She doesn't say it meanly. It's just true. She doesn't leave her at this point, right? This is around when you see that Tar has moved out because, and I like this angle. I think it's pretty, you know, Nina Haas's character, Sharon, she knows who Tar is. Um, And I like that. She says, it's not even the cheating. Or they're bringing Olga and just looking stupid. It's the fact that you knew this stuff was coming and didn't tell me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a good point. She could have. But it's, that's tar for you. 
but yeah, this is when Tar moves out. No, but yeah, Sharon doesn't say me and you're not seeing Petra anymore. That's no. a, a little, okay. That's a little longer. Yeah. I don't think she ever tells her that. It's just sort of, I guess, baked in. Oh, yeah. Does she not specifically tell her? No, this is it, when everything's clear, basically falling apart. Yeah. She's she's also never told that she doesn't get to conduct anymore, but she's already out at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to say, yeah, what's next? Is she already is she in the bathroom? <laughs> this is watching it a second time. This all happens pretty quickly because you're it like, does. she doesn't like actually tell her. Out. Like, no, she is out. Um, she's out of conducting. She's out of that. She, you see her move her shit to the old apartment that it is funny that I think in this conversation, it's when Nina Haas tells her that place sucks. We hate it so much. It's like, that's a real, some, that's a lot of rooms in that apartment with really high ceilings and like nice artwork and stuff and a, like a full grand piano. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now she's living there and this is when the neighbors come to comment on the music yeah can you let us know what you're playing oh, it was great. correct yes i love that it's so tar that she's just like oh yes thank you that is me the you know you're welcome for the beautiful music yeah like, uh if you could just tell us so we can work around that yeah just like we wouldn't love that <laughs> and then the the uh, the accordion is that what it is Comes yeah out, apartment for sale apartment. uh that's should have been yeah it's totally snubbed um, for best song at the Oscars this year. It's in the credits and Kate Blanchett is listed as the writer. So she could have been yet another <laughs> award nomination in her uh, cabinet of many substantially more than she seems to want. Um, but they should have, they should have put her in for it for consideration. At least mm-hmm. they should have. It's really, I mean, you know what? I think people are always ragging on these songs that get nominated that are just in the credits and don't have anything to do with the movie. That's why I'm hoping not to not to wins because it actually happens in the movie. Like apartment uh, for sale. And then yes, apartment for sale. If it had been nominated would have been my pick for that same reason. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So like I said, all this stuff happens quickly. It's apartment for sale and then it's opening night. Mm-hmm. You see the place filling in. You see everyone taking their seats and then you see descending from a different kind of seat. Tars shoes in the bathroom. She's been hiding in the bathroom. So who is the guest conductor of this part? It's Elliot. It's Elliot, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Elliot comes out to guest conduct, starts conducting Mahler's fifth. Dar fucking runs out. <laughs> what is she? She yells at him, like saying it's it's her, or she, does she just go she, for it? She At first, she just goes for it, and then she starts yelling that it's her score. As she tackles him off of the, the stage. Yeah, <laughs> off, she knocks him off the podium, off the rostrum, whatever they call that bit, and he's just like, dude, what the She's fuck? She's all disheveled and says, like, eyes on me or something. Yeah, right? give me yeah. ice. Yeah. I need ice. Yes, so after she knocks him over, he's, like, injured on the ground. She and immediately she gets up. gets on the podium is like, I got this. Yeah, and she starts trying to conduct, and the whole orchestra is like, no thanks. We're not doing this. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> this uh, scene is the best scene I've seen this year. <laughs> this is amazing. I um, it's all bangers. Like I'm looking through it, it's like it's going fast now because every scene is like a standout in any other movie, and they're just like in a row here. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that Kate Blanchett is looking, is not at the camera, but the it's just a close up of her that is moving with her as she goes from backstage. Onto the thing, and you hear like the kind of like, oh, come over the crowd as she comes out. And then, yeah, she just 
textbook spear. Hi, <laughs> if she does not, if Kate Blanchett does not come out and tackle that conductor at the Oscars, I'm going to be pissed. I don't know if she'll do it because she'll be in a dress or something fancy, mm. but I think there'll be a bit. There has to be a bit. There has to be. Yeah. There has yeah, to be. Somebody else could do it, you know, pretend to be Tar, right? Yeah, that's fine too. They at least there'll be a joke in the monologue where Jimmy Kimmel says something about like, oh, look out, conductor. Kate Blanchett's right over there. Keep your eyes on her, you know. I hope it's not that though, because that's that's the coward's way out. Someone needs to tackle that conductor <laughs> to the ground. Or maybe somebody will come in, uh, get Jimmy Kimmel, right? And yeah, like, that'd take be better. Over hosting. That'd be good too. Yeah. What a fun surprise that would be for all of us, really. Um, <laughs> Eyes on me. Eyes on me. <laughs> just just if someone else does it besides Jimmy Kimmel, I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. Uh, they definitely have to do a joke out of that. But what, yeah, what a scene. It is. We've gone for over an hour and haven't mentioned Stanley Kubrick. Um, Todd Field, of course, was in Eyes Wide Shut, Nick Nightingale. And his movies, all three of them, often compared with Kubrick just from that frame because people like calling things Kubrickian and putting that in their letterbox reviews. Um, This scene does feel a lot like a scene in Barry Lyndon (laughs) where uh, Barry and... Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it is one of the more famous scenes from that movie. And there is a tussle and it's very chaotic and it looks a lot like this. Hmm. And it's again, you know, the highest of society, the fanciest of the fancy, um, just sort of like, you know, basically in a mud fight. Um, It's a great scene. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. I And that's basically it. Tired. You just like you know, exiled from polite society, seemingly. I really, I thought the movie was either about to cut to black or give me like two more minutes of like what happened movie over. This is a good amount of movie left. (laughs) There is. So I think we want to separately maybe tackle, (laughs) not on purpose, um, the idea of where it could have ended if you don't like the ending, because a lot of people don't. Uh, But yeah, I think this is what most people say, like, cut to black, directed by Todd Field. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just like get out of here after that, because, you know, you can basically intuit what's going to happen to her after that. Yes. But I like I like a lot of what comes after that. She goes back to New York. There's like a New York joke that she's taking a meeting and she's so far up. She's on like 58th Street now. Um, and they tell her it's, she's clearly got like the JVPR team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a poster for Stomp behind her, which I think is also a joke. Because, like, she probably thinks Stomp is the stupidest thing ever. And they are like, we want to be quiet right now. We need to do a reset. Uh, change the conversation. And, yeah, then she's in the Philippines. Well, before that, though. No, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, she goes to her childhood home. Yes, she does. I really like this because she goes into her bedroom and is putting on her, like, children's medals. Like, the ones that... <laughs> Every kid gets from whatever stupid event they went to. Yeah, for like the eight-year-old swimming instructional yes, group or and whatever. and she's like yeah. wearing them. It's awesome. It's it so is, good. She's wearing that. She's watching old Lenny Bernstein tapes and crying. It is, mm-hmm. yes. It does not get any lower than like you hit the point where you have to go to your childhood home and start putting on your medals from that you won when you were eight. She's <laughs> very proud of all of her, her accomplishments. And mm-hmm. that's when you find out that Lydia Tarr is not her real name. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, is it like, it's something. It's Linda, Linda Tarr. Linda Tarr. With two R's. With two R's, no accent. Yes, yeah, so two R's, no accent. Mm-hmm. 
She, when she's looking at the trophies, there's a couple like, you know, certificate of achievement or whatever that mm-hmm. say Linda Tar. But if you miss that, then you get it when her brother comes in. Yes. It's like, oh, hey, Linda. Oh, sorry, Lydia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, great. I don't know who that guy is, but he does a great job. They never say what her brother's name is. Nope. Um, and then she's in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells her, you don't seem to know where you, where the hell you came from or where you're going. And where she's going is the Philippines. She's there. She has a meeting with what seems to be the equivalent of the board of a different orchestra, perhaps. Mm-hmm. She, there's no score. I, I love that they put this in. This this part of the movie occupied a big part of my brain space afterwards, but it, the whole after the tackling at the Berlin Philharmonic is really like, 15 minutes. It's really not that it is pretty long, but it feels like it's a half hour. Yeah. Um, it's cause it's a bit slow. Like she's in the river, you know, it's cause you're like, where, what are we doing now? Yeah. How, why are we just doing like an Anthony Bourdain, you know, no reservations travel log. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that they mentioned this early when she's just in a meeting with these people, this early being 10 minutes from credits. Um, She's like, you know, I tried to look up the score on the database and it wasn't there. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's, uh, we have it here. It just came in. <laughs> they give her all the fruit and stuff. We're going to take you around, see the sites. Don't put your hands in the water. There's crocodiles. She's like, why is there crocodiles here? They're like, oh, because that Marlon Brando movie, <laughs> uh, which connects this movie with Apocalypse Now. That's the Marlon Brando movie they're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, a movie about someone who has gone insane. Um, the fact mm. that they call it a Marlon Brando movie makes you think that they want you to think about Marlon Brando's character who, um, you know, went up the river and, and lost his mind, thinks he's some kind of God. So it's interesting. Yep. Mm. <laughs> they don't call it that Francis Ford Coppola movie or that Martin Sheen movie, you know, for yep. a reason I'm assuming. Good stuff. Good. Yeah. Just good stuff. <laughs> good job, Todd. <laughs> Uh, I like that shot of them like in the waterfall and she's just like behind the waterfall. But again, like you're thinking to yourself, Why? if you're me, you're like, we're two and hours, 25 minutes into this thing. Like, are we starting another act that has nothing to do with what came before? What is happening here? Yeah, the, that confused me the most was her under the waterfall. But I do like the next scene is when she's in the hotel, right? Yeah, it goes to the concierge mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, I know I like a good this. massage place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they send her to that uh, other massage place, a brothel, mm-hmm. yeah, which is a brothel. Mm-hmm. She this is the like, step so in front did. of the fishbowl. She's like, "Wait, what do you mean the fishbowl?" She's like, "It seems like Tar really did just want a massage. Yeah. She has that shoulder issue." Mm-hmm. She's like, "This is not what I signed up for." However, isn't it? This is this is the check that she's been writing. You know, yes. Um, they're set up like an orchestra. She sees number five vaguely in the place where Olga was, looks up and makes eye contact with her. And uh, then she vomits all over the street. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it switches to hand camera and it's kind of shaky and you're looking at her vomit everywhere. Now, yeah. is it her reputation has reached this far that that desk guy knows to send her to a brothel or she just gives off those vibes. That's what I, that's what I assumed. Cause up until this point it was, you know, she's being welcomed and she's getting flowers from like the, you know, the people yeah. and she has all this respect. I, I assumed that like her going down the river and then like the thing in the waterfall was like, okay, I'm going to get a clean start here. 
you know? And then she goes and she need, she's like, I need a massage. Like, I'm sore. And But even the guy there in the Philippines that works at the hotel knows her reputation. And, like, that's when she knows, like, it's it's over. Like, every, everybody knows, like, what my gig is. And, like, uh, there's no escaping it. Yeah, like that. You think maybe the people who work for the orchestra, like, went to her hotel and be like, listen... This lady's like a VIP. You got to make sure she's got all the brothels that she needs. No, I think they, he just, he knows her. He knows yeah, Tar. I like knows, that too. Yeah. He knows that she like is famous for abusing these young women. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, so this is what she actually wants. For me, it was, and I think that's just as correct as what I'm going to say, if not more, probably more. Um, just, this is what I thought the first time I saw it was just that like, this is where the guy just like sends Americans. Um, he just, <laughs> That he just assumes that's what they mean. Yeah. And then her having that reaction was her pretty much what you said, just kind of like reckoning with um this is sort of like, yeah, all my relationships are transactional. This is what I've been doing. And not necessarily feeling bad about that, but sort of like realizing, you know, the full weight of those actions, mm-hmm. I guess, is kind of hitting her in that moment. And again, I don't necessarily think she feels bad about doing it. More just like, man, I really, really fucked up. <laughs> she feels bad for herself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what it is. She feels bad for herself. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of like hitting Oh, her. no. It's the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> yes. This is like sewing. Oh, fuck. I hate this. <laughs> this sucks. I hate sewing. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sewing. Love it. She's reaping. What yes. she has She's sown. reaping what she has sown, yes. <laughs> reaping. Fuck. It sucks. No, thank you. Uh yeah, and then the um, you know, then we're into the the little denouement here, the best joke in any movie of 2022, where it's her and you see her introducing herself to the orchestra. We need to think about the composer's intent. What were they trying to say? Uh her studying it, making notes in her score, and then getting set up going out into the arena. They put the headset on her. And you're like, what's going on? And then like the screens come down really slowly and you're like, oh shit, what's this? And then a cutscene for monster hunter starts playing <laughs> and, um, a slow pan out over the rows and rows of monster hunter cosplayers ends the movie. Um, in a really hilarious fashion. I laughed the other person in the theater did not, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's one of the funniest ends to a movie that I can think of. I think it's it is a perfect now. joke. I told you at the time, did not know what monster. I didn't play monster hunter. So it I've, didn't I've quite never played this, but I got that. It was like a video game concert. I didn't understand. That. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I, I knew it was something weird, something very low grade. Yeah. So I got yeah. the gist of it. Well, yeah. I wasn't even sure because I was like, I mean, at that point, there had been so many like weird things happening. Plus, you see all the costumes. You, you well, just get like, well, this isn't what she wants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I got well, like where it was supposed to be. But at that point, I was thinking almost like The Shining with the dude in the dog costume. I'm like, is this like actually a thing that's happening? Like, what is going on right now? <laughs> uh, I like that version of <laughs> it. I have no idea. It's just a, a bunch of ghosts and weird like. You think like these it's like a furry thing. <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah. But um, then once once I was it was explained to me that it made yeah. So I'm curious, sense. do you I, did you guys have an awareness of like the video game orchestra concert 
no. circuit thing. No, no that's okay. what made so me that's, think it was weird too. Was like, so if you don't know that's a thing, then it's hard I, to assume it's what's happening. Yes, I, think. I knew it was like, oh, this is low grade. This is not, she's fallen as low as she can go basically. But I thought it was really weird because I was like, why would you ever pick this though? As your example of low, because I, I didn't realize that it was like a real life, actually really good example of like what she would hate. I yeah. thought they just, why would you make up this weird random thing? <laughs> yeah. And um, but it happens in America too, but it's more, I, I mean, Monster Hunter is big enough, but the only ones that I'm aware of are like, you know, they do the Zelda scores or mm-hmm. various Nintendo things or Final Fantasy ones. Like People just like really big. Yeah. yeah, really big ones. Um, but yeah, it, it is a thing. Reference. And people go. They're like really well attended things. People dig it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is, there's been like some backlash online of people like it's a great movie. And then at the last minute, it's a huge insult to gamers <laughs> and say, like, that's not what's happening. That's not, it, that's no. not what's happening. <laughs> no, those people seem really happy. It's not, it's not an insult to them. It's, this is to Lydia Tarr, which she would consider like the ultimate embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> Which maybe sounds like it should reflect on the other people who are choosing to be there, but no, it doesn't. It's about it's about Tar. It's called Tar. Yeah. It's not called Tar plus gamers. I wouldn't mind if, if it was though. Tar was embarrassed to be around me. That wouldn't bother me. And so it is. No, it's, it's about her. <laughs> right. It's a different media, you know. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, and not she on the sucks. Same playing field. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't want to like the same things as her anyway. Right. Yeah. And then you also think like you know starting from this is like considered the bottom or whatever like. She's still probably getting paid a lot of money. Probably, right? I, have to I, I don't know, I guess. Uh, I don't know how much conductors get paid in general. Yeah, I guess, com- but compared to, it's not like she's, you know, a high school music teacher. Yeah. It's still like a huge convention thing mm-hmm. that she's doing. You know, I don't know if it's as much money as she was getting, but I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not like she's, has to start bagging groceries. Yeah. But to her, this is maybe even worse. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, and you figure what? You think like a few years after this, she's probably fine, right? In real life, yes. Yeah. In the movie, I like to think no. <laughs> I think she's probably fine. I don't think that's a good thing, but like, you know. It could go either way. Yeah, sometimes some people, they're they're done, you know what I mean? But I don't think she would be for real. Anyway, that's a fun thought. <laughs> what did you guys think of Tar? <laughs> I liked it a lot. Like I said, only criticism... The end was a, a little weird. I, I I don't mind that it didn't end after the tackle. Um, I just wish I had understood the Monster Hunter thing. It would have been a lot better. Um, yeah, if and, that hits for you in the moment like it did for me. Oh, like, it would have been so much better. <laughs> um, and then, like I said, the beginning's a little slow, but it's worth it. Um, so I'd say right now it's in my top three, but I don't, of like this running, but I don't know where I'd place it in there. Um, because I, I really like this one, but I really like the other two. The other two I'm thinking of is Everything Everywhere All at Once and Banshees of Minish Sheeran. Cool. Mm, I like this one a lot. This one, I don't know. I think I like this one better than, I don't know. This one took the most It's really thought. hard to like place these movies this year. Like mm. the others were really good, but this one I, is the one I have to keep coming back to and kind of like, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm thinking about this one a lot and that's what mm. I really enjoy in a movie. Um, it, it gave off real like Black Swan vibes and I love Black Swan. So, I don't know. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. 
um, yeah, high society performance arts. Yeah, I can totally see what you mean. Spooky. I hadn't even thought of that. The yeah. spooky, yeah, the kind of like, is this real? Is this, you know, paranormal or just in their head? Yeah, so it feels a lot like that. I totally see what you mean. Yeah, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I love this movie. It's uh, way up there for me. I think I have it ranked three of the year right now behind, um, but I have Banshees in front of it right now. And then I have Fablemans as my number one, as I've said before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have like a, like deeply emotionally connected with Fableman. So that's why it's ahead for me. As far as like achievement in movie making, I think this is probably the best movie of the year. Um, I think it's going to be a situation where we look back in a few years and I'm like, I mean, I can't believe that didn't win anything besides best actress. It's, it's probably my favorite movie about like what it is to be alive right now. I feel like everything everywhere all at once hits on what it feels like to be alive right now. And I feel like this movie tar is like about what it is to be alive right now. I don't know. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't say cancel culture once in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Till now. Yeah, I feel like um, the ones that usually win are the ones that have like a, I don't know, there's a lot of emotion in the yeah. the voting, if that makes sense. Yeah, this isn't a warm and fuzzy movie. Right. So, I mean, technically, I think this has it all. But when it comes to like what you emotionally connect with, it might yeah. not be this one. I I wasn't expecting this one to win, personally. but No, I wouldn't expect it to win. Yeah. Um, Kate Blanchett I, feels like not quite a lock because people really like everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. And Michelle Yeoh's performance. I mean, she but was she's, good, but, but th- this Kate Blanchett's ridiculous. Kate Blanchett this whole movie. I think. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like you take Kate Blanchett out of this movie and this movie probably doesn't work at all. It's a, it's a, it's an insanely high level performance. It's like hard to compare it to anything, even the, from her, the, t- her performance <laughs> the makes monkey, the whole though. movie. Yeah, Spazzatura, Torre, whatever, in uh, Pinocchio. Most of this movie is just Tar either just being there and like... It's called Tar. Yeah. yeah. Or, tar it, on Tar. tar I on feel tar. like even when she's talking, she always dominates the conversations too. So yeah. it's just... I mean, that's her like... That's her character too. I know, I know? know. And I don't know, if if she wasn't played right, this movie just like... It really needs that performance the way Kate Blanchett does it. And we touched on it before, but the the way that she has to carry this performance off is someone who is clearly a poser, <laughs> but <laughs> has enough sway to carry it off in certain situations, but not all the time. Um, it's just kind of incredible. It's just like, you know, it's, you mm-hmm. know three-dimensional chess or whatever. Sorry, four-dimensional chess. Chess is normally in three dimensions. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane. She's fourth dimension smell. Yeah. It smells bad. Um, <laughs> you just picture how that weird wet apartment building in Berlin smells. Um, just with terrifying dogs, just standing it at the ends of hallways. Uh, obviously I'm talking too much, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's, it's kind of insane. She has to, have all these mannerisms and ticks and like gestures and motions. And we even said like the way she moves around, but it never feels like super mannered. It feels like someone who is trying to be something without it feeling like Kate Blanchett is reaching to do something. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's, de- it's definitely the best performance of the year. I don't know if it's going to win for us because you know, we're people with hearts and, and whatnot. So yeah. maybe we'll pick something else, but just from a technical <laughs> level. 
let's give this a, a rating. I think I've kind of already tipped my hand, but what would you guys give this on any scale of your choosing on 0.5 to five going up by halves? This will be on our letterbox. What am I comparing this against? Just, just whatever, whatever my heart, how decides. much it resonated with you, I guess is okay. how I usually do. Yeah. 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 And that's why I've been such a, a generous grader on this podcast. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, Four and a half out of five apartments for sale. Oh, it's going to be apartments for sale. That's why I went That's fast. That's kind of the obvious one, yeah. <laughs> I have a more obvious one. Uh, we always say you can't do this on a scale of stars, but we didn't say anything about stars. <laughs> so this one is a five stars out of five for me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I think mine will be five middle school Bullies getting bullied by an adult woman. <laughs> I like it. Thanks for being on. It was Ray oh, and Greg. Wait, what's um what's coming up? Next episode at the end of this week, if you're listening to the week came out, will be the ladies. You guys will be on again. Um, the other movies we're doing this month are all Best Picture nominees. We're gonna do everything everywhere all at once which I'm kind of hedging, that'll come out the day after the Oscars. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't win, awkward for us. <laughs> uh, we're also going to do Banshees of Inishirin. We're going to do uh, This Was Tar. I was going to say Tar, but no. Um, or uh, Fablemans, and we're going to do Top Gun Maverick. So oh, you didn't Top Gun. Okay. With the ladies, there's going to be six episodes in this four-week month because I, I don't know. Stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> You're really dumb. This is so much work, you guys. <laughs> I told Greg it's going to be a short episode. We're at two hours and six minutes, not counting the part we didn't record. <laughs> I knew this would be a really long one. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I looked at We had like an hour 15. It was like, and then she gets to Berlin. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, all right. Let's, let's end it though. Yeah. Uh, Greg, thanks for being on. Well, thanks. No problem. Ray, thanks for being on. Thanks. <laughs> Anytime. Um, you can catch us on this place that you're listening to. Also, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes. Yeah, Apple's iTunes. Google Podcasts. Uh, Podbeans. Google. You can Google it. It'll come up. Um, it, it, Google it with my name. It, it might not come up without it, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, the SEO, we got to work on it. Yeah. Uh, you can email Noah at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can look at all our fun posters at late to the movies underscore podcast. Big announcement. We have a special new design for the ladies episode. If you order it now and probably pay way too much money, you could have it in time for that episode <laughs> to come out in a couple days. Um, do it. Do it anyway. I don't get that money. You USPS does, I guess. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, just uh, be cool. <laughs> be nice to each other out there like Tar would want you to. <laughs> uh, and then if I knew any quotes from Monster Hunter, I'd say them now. Look out, monsters. Here we come. <laughs> That's the song, right? Yep. Perfect. All right. See, you are. A podcast for sale. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>